0: You're listening to Just a Tangent Podcast with Tyler Moore and and Greg Miller, Miller, where we talk about movies, TV, and everything in between. (laughs) Did I show you this one? He says, okay, I'm all set now, let's do the spell. Great, but first I want to take care of one thing. Wait, what else do you need to do to make everyone forget my name is Beneficial Cucumber? (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's like it's like that's his actual name yeah but you wouldn't know if he i casts know a spell. i get i get i it's, get
1: the joke i like it funny cuz joke is funny
0: okay
1: <laughs> i was gonna do i was thinking about doing a thing where we like segue into ad reads and be like oh what oh okay there's 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 no ads today no ads
0: <laughs> hello welcome to just a tangent podcast my name is greg miller and I'm Tyler Brewer, and this is going to be a pretty good episode we have for you guys today. Uh, technically, this is the very first episode of season two. Season one, which is uh, all the episodes are live now on on all of our podcast platforms, um, was technically just us getting a feel for um, for how we how we like to do the show, how we like to structure it, what uh, what works and what doesn't. And so now we're gonna try to be a little bit more consistent. Um, but yeah, you have anything you want to yeah.
1: say on that? No, just hopefully uh, Greg and I can get together and have like a pretty decent regular schedule for you guys. So hopefully you guys can hear us regularly. I'm thinking hopefully once a week releases, but we're going to record more more than that, I think, and have like a backlog, I'm hoping.
0: Yeah, that's, that's the goal. Um, as life kind of um, gets a little bit more complicated and busy, um, I just moved into my apartment about a month or two ago. And uh, so it's been interesting trying to get a new uh, structure and and just... Um, yeah, and we've even been in a new yeah. studio, which is Greg's kitchen. Yeah, which is not too bad. I mean, if you hear a little bit of hum, it's probably the refrigerator. But aside from that, it's fairly quiet. We got great neighbors and my sister is being kind and, and just uh, hanging out in her room. But um, yeah, all that to say, uh, a lot has changed. But we're hoping to to kind of get back into the swing of things and, and give you guys a good show. Um, so... This is kind of the one thing that we want to say before all of our episodes get started is just a spoiler warning. We are talking about movies and TV. We typically try to name the show or or the movie before we talk about it, but just be forewarned, there are going to be spoilers ahead.
1: Yeah, if we're going to hit a topic, usually, you know, if we're talking about <clears throat> a movie from the 80s or something like that, we'll name it before we go into that topic. And if you don't want to hear a spoiler about it, then don't listen.
0: Yeah. So today the big uh the big topic for this episode is going to be Spider-Man No Way Home. It's been out for plenty long enough and we're ready to talk about it and uh we've kind of pushed this episode back a couple weeks because we wanted to take time to really dive into it but um before we do that we're going to kind of just just go into uh like what what we've been doing, what we've been watching.
1: Yeah. What's coming out? So if you want to lead that up. Yeah, sure. I've been uh Going back and watching some some like older favorites, I haven't watched in a while. So, like, if I for some reason I'll watch movies over and over. Um, so, if I do it too frequently, they get not as good in my head. Um, so, you know, if it's been a few years before I've seen one of them or a couple of them, then maybe I'll sit down and do a rewatch. But every now and then, like if I'm in the mood for something specific, I'll just watch it until it's almost boring. Mm-hmm. So, uh, recently I watched the first and second Terminator. I haven't seen those in a while, and then, um, I watched The Patriot with Mel Gibson, and then um I'm trying to think I just watched the new Reacher series on Amazon. It yep. came out uh, awesome. it came out Friday, and I binged it in two days. And uh, is that is that the same is that supposed to be the same character as Jack Reacher? Yeah, so okay. um, so there's 26 books in the Lee Child Jack Reacher book series, mm-hmm. and the two films with Tom Cruise. He, I mean, he obviously thought that that was a franchise that needed to be brought to the big screen. So he basically, I think he bought maybe some of the movie rights for some of the books. Um, I think the first movie is from the book One Shot One Kill. And I don't recall which book the second one's from, but it is not nearly as good as the first film. And I think a lot of the fans of the novels were upset with kind of how they go. I mean, the, the movie is good, but if you have read the novel, it's just not quite the same. I mean, it's, mm. hard to, it's, it's hard every time where people do a book adaptation into a film, and you have two and a half hours to tell a story that takes 13 or 14 hours to read. Um, right. So... With those books, um, the very first book in the series, The Killing Floor, pretty much amongst the fans of the books agree is the best story. So this first season of the show, Reacher, um, covers the events of that book, and it's eight episodes. Um, It was was really well done. I read the book prior to watching the show, and uh, the adaptation is pretty direct. And the book was written in 97, and so from 97 to now... Lee Child has done, you know, 26 books just in that series. And I think he's written some other stuff too. So just doing wow. a fiction action mystery series like like that is pretty incredible. Um, but the series itself was really good in adapting a story from 97 and applying it to today's technology and things like that. Like, you know, cell phones are involved and things like that. Um, it gets used pretty well. Some things are, are cut out, but nothing felt missing. Um, That's cool. A lot of the action... As described, happens in the show, uh, Jack is supposed to be like six five and blonde. So obviously, Tom Cruise is not. Tom Cruise is like very short. Yeah, he's and, probably five six. Yeah, and, and so brown he, hair. he's not. He's <laughs> not very menacing in the movies until he starts fighting because he can handle himself against multiple people. But <clears throat> in the show and in the books, his size is often mentioned as just an intimidating factor to where it kind of make some people back down especially once he starts fighting and something in the books that happens a lot is he uses elbows and uppercuts and he often breaks wrists and ankles and so like that is just imagine like those four things being in every fight scene and you you know what's coming every every time he viciously repeatedly elbows people in the head and breaks ankles and they show ankles like breaking at 90 degree angles and stuff and
0: yeah that's I can't that I can do but like yeah. well like that I can stomach watching it's not that bad I mean it still makes me like wince I cannot do blades of any yeah. kind I oh, I can't do it
1: so each of the books is pretty much like a, a mystery action thriller conspiracy book mm-hmm. kind of in some in some form or fashion some of them are prequels eventually back to when Jack was in the military he uh, is retired Army. Um, I think he was in charge of the one-tenth investigative division for the MPs, Mm. and um, they even get into some stuff like that and all the different awards and medals he has and things like that. Um, It was really well done. Um, Even if you haven't read the book, it's pretty enjoyable. Um, I actually watched it with all the episodes with your dad, and and he liked it, and he had never read the book. Yeah. I mean, every time an adaptation is done like that. Unless it's narrated, you're always missing what the character's thinking Mm. and things like that. Um, Something that Jack does throughout the book is he loves music, but he doesn't listen to music on anything. He plays the songs in his head as loud as he wants. And so like there's certain parts where like in the book, he's sitting in a jail cell listening to a song in his head. Well, in the show they, they just play it as music. Like the song that's described as him listening to that stuff. Um, so sometimes like, you know they don't really tell you that but that's the stuff that he's listening to in his head um
0: and that's one thing um tyler is really good at is he will actually read the source material especially if it's like war books and stuff like that or any kind of military style um books he will read them even after he has watched the movies or the the show that they're based on um so that's a, that's really good because I'm not much of a reader myself. I'll read the comics, so whenever it comes to that kind of stuff, I, I'm i pretty well-versed. Yeah. Um, but whenever it comes to, for example, the Jack Reacher books, um, I, I have no idea.
1: Yeah, there's a few other novels that are getting adapted into TV series. One's for Netflix and another one's for Amazon I'm excited for. One's The Terminal List is the one I'm most excited for for Amazon. Um, and that's going to have Chris Pratt. He's also producing it, and they really got Jack Carr, the the author, involved in the screenwriting and things like that. Nice. It's nice. It's also nice whenever the authors have a big part in it being adapted to screen just because they make sure that their original vision is still intact and everything like that. Yeah, and and
0: brought to life. Yeah. I I think I just saw—did Ready Player Two just release the the book?
1: No, it released on November 24th of— 2020 i think
0: okay so it's huh. been a while yeah okay I, I, the I don't only
1: reason i know that's because it's on my birthday
0: i guess i guess i just never was in the store to see it until yeah. more recently i have a signed copy at my house that's cool yeah. have you have you read it yet not all
1: the way through it's not quite as s- suck you in as uh the first one
0: but yeah it's good it's hard to write sequels um because a lot of times people get so connected, yeah. like, emotionally with the, it's almost like a form of instant nostalgia, mm-hmm. even if it's, you know, brand new. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, there's those callbacks and stuff like that, and I'm I'm hoping that they work on a screenplay for a second film, because that's one of my fra- favorite films, is the first Ready Player One Oh, it's so good. It's in um, my top 10. Like,
0: yeah. th- I was kind of mulling over what uh, what my top 10 favorite movies were, and that was certainly in there.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Real quick, before we move on to MCU stuff, the other novel series that's being adapted into a show is going to be on Netflix called The Gray Man with... Mm. um, Oh, of course, I'm going to draw a blank on the two actors that are in it. Hang on one second.
0: Yeah, uh, I've seen a couple things that I want to watch. Reacher is one of them. I did like the Jack Reacher movies, um, mainly because the first one was filmed in... Uh, in Pittsburgh so that was that's always cool to see your home city yeah um but I saw that I still have not watched um the the Tom Clancy show with John Krasinski oh Jack Ryan yeah
1: it's great the first season's good the second season isn't as good but there's one episode in season two that's better like as a single episode than all the others but the season as a whole the first season's better and real quick I'm looking at the gray man mm-hmm. it looks like it's a film and not a series with Ryan Gosling and chris evans oh okay. chris evans is the villain i believe hmm,
0: that'll be interesting he he played a good uh a good villain in knives out knives out i liked him because it was kind of like it, you almost you immediately thought it was him but then there was so much doubt that was ca- uh cast it was like okay yeah. well it's him but no 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 the, okay i was wrong it's not him and then it was him yeah. <laughs> so they did the, the, the old snip snap snip snap yeah um that which movie, was, that which was is good. pretty good yeah so all right let's dive
1: into some mcu stuff let's talk about spider-man and then i have the entirely realistically long um mcu release list okay of upcoming projects that are happening
0: do you want to talk about uh spider-man first and then go into that or? yeah let's talk about like okay. what
1: happened like you know I think that's a pretty important MCU movie and then we'll talk yeah. about MCU's future and how it's looking because prior to this Spider-Man movie, I feel like phase four was pretty weak on the big screen. Mm. I, th- I know they consider the Disney Plus shows as part of phase four, but...
0: Yeah, yeah okay. So we're going to try avoiding talking about um, what happened in the movie as far as plot goes. Like we're not going to do a plot summary. Um, I would just recommend trying to either go to a theater that still has it or just wait for it to come out because it's a movie you should experience yeah, for you yourself. Yeah, you
1: probably shouldn't listen to this because we're definitely going to talk about spoilers, and it's something that you should definitely experience, and I'm sure if you have any type of internet footprint, you've already had it ruined for you if you haven't seen it. But Yeah, it's, uh, if, it's if, some, if
0: somehow by a miracle you're on the internet and haven't seen the spoilers for this movie, I just want to say like this film, um, I think one of the things that made it so awesome was all the hype behind it. And it lived up to all of the hype yeah. and there's very few times where it's like you get that that full fulfillment of what you hope it to be. Yeah. Um, OK, so I will say um, one of the things uh, that's kind of important going into the movie is watching WandaVision and Loki. They kind of set up some concepts that make it um, a much easier transition into what they're covering Plot-wise, in um, for sure, no it Way makes Home.
1: it makes the stuff in Spider-Man a lot more believable and familiar. Yeah, um, and a reason for that is so the first three phases of MCU, which is I can't remember the amount of films is eighteen or is it more than that?
0: Um, well, is Endgame technically the end of? Yeah, yeah. There's I thought it was like 20, 20 movies. I thought okay. twenty-one. I'll look it up. Okay,
1: so anyways, either eight, between eighteen and twenty-two films, uh, the first three phases, Endgame is the last one, and Spider-Man. the the second spider-man film is that uh, far from home uh yes is the first film in the new phase i believe and uh so since phase four has started i think their big screen footprint and like just overall quality has gone down i think that's attributed to people leaving writing teams and things like that um kevin feige's still in charge Hmm. with mcu as a whole and uh basically doing you know the overview sto- connecting story arcs and things like that between films and TV shows now. Yeah. And um I just feel like overall that phase 4 just wasn't that great. Um unfortunately. But um
0: yeah, I I feel like it's been they've tried new stuff. Um w- which is good. I mean, one thing that they That worked out for them whenever they started the MCU is they took a chance on uh, Robert Downey Jr., who had done films before, but had basically been out of the the acting game for a little while at that point um, because of some some issues that he had. But then he, you know, he came back and uh, he was awesome. And, you know, he's been a mainstay there and he's been a good actor in a lot of other movies. Yeah, He's also in my favorite comedy. Yeah. Tropic Thunder. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> so you see something like that where they basically took a chance on somebody. Um, yeah. And they, I think they're doing that a little bit now. Like they did that with, uh, how do you pronounce the name? Shima, Shima Lee? Uh Shimalio? Who who played, what's the name of the guy who played um, uh, Shang-Chi? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure uh,
1: his actual name.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's something like that. But either way, like he, he essentially like made a joking tweet um, about playing the character and he's really not an actor from my knowledge. Yeah. And Marvel was like, yeah, they like ha- held the yeah, tryouts. He,
1: he did a pretty good job. Yeah. Uh, that, so Shang-Chi was surprisingly good. Black, Black Widow I went into with, I went into with very low expectations and was surprised by that one. Mm-hmm. But just, I used to go out and get like all the Blu-rays. I have all first three phases on Blu-ray. Yeah. <clears throat> and, I just don't find myself going out and buying the movies the same way. Like I'll definitely pick up Spider-Man and just to have like the full collection, I'll make sure I get all of them eventually, but yeah. I just don't feel myself as exciting as excited. And also I think another reason for that is that I know they're going to be on Disney Plus if I really want to watch them. Yeah. Um and so real quick before we get into Spider-Man, we talked about, you know, fa- Phase 4 so far. I
0: think there are 21 21- Okay. Films in the first, uh, in like what's considered the Infinity Saga. Okay.
1: So, yeah, that's so the first three phases is considered the Infinity Saga. This mm-hmm. new, fi- this new string of phases, which should be three phases. So, it should be about another 20 movies, um, is considered the Multiverse Saga. So, so mm-hmm. far, a lot of the stories, um, WandaVision, Loki, and Spider Man, yep. um, really have been Multiverse centered.
0: And Doctor Strange coming up will be.
1: Yeah. Um, For sure. And so uh, I really feel like you have a lot to look forward to with some new faces coming in with a lot of multiverse stuff and a lot of fan service in a good way, though. Sometimes fan service is like, oh, come on, did they really have to do that? Yeah. Um, I know it pleases people to see certain things, but at the same time, like, if if it makes a story weaker, sometimes it's not always for the best, but so far their fan service has been very positive.
0: Yeah it's it's almost like a case of form over function type of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I it, agree. It, I feel like some, some fan service, if done poorly, it, it interrupts um the plot and like just doesn't really make sense and it's kinda like why like, okay, I get why they did it, but did was it needed? Yeah. Um which is one thing I think they did really well in Spider Man is they had fan service, but yeah. it was it was all um constructive. Yeah, for sure. Um so
1: I really feel like with Spider-Man also you go into it with all this hype and they did a very good job of finally keeping something I know a, a good secret. I know. Now going into it if you're paying attention and you're fans like Greg and I are, you almost immediately know that what's coming. Mm. but you just don't have the proof yep. that it's going to happen, but you expect it to. And that's what
0: made it so much fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. In the, and in so the when, it, when it
1: finally happens and the way it happens is so great. Yeah, um, But something I wish that they would have kept secret is in uh, Thor Ragnarok, they could have kept Hulk a I know. secret I say and that, they ruined uh, it in the trailer. I say that
0: all the time. I, I literally, I think we may have even given this example on the podcast, but a perfect example of how a trailer can ruin... the the theater experience is Thor Ragnarok because not only did they show uh, Hulk in the movie, or I'm sorry, in the trailer, but they showed uh, Mjolnir being broken by Hela. Yeah, and And those two things, it would have been huge to see, and not like, I mean that that is like very directly connected to who Thor is is his hammer because it's like that's a measure of the fact that he's worthy is the fact that he can wield it. Yeah, and um, yeah, I I think it would have been awesome to see that uh live but uh but with spider-man i think something that they did great was uh they pretty much everybody knew that toby and andrew were going to be in this movie because they show the trailers and uh and all their villains were in it and the whole idea was like okay it's a multiverse these villains are coming in from other universes they're going to be fighting tom Holland's spider-man and yeah. that's kind of the plot is that Tom Holland really screwed up and it's just a huge mess now. This is
1: like one of the few special, especially like between time travel multiverse movies with huge plot holes that I don't care about. Yeah. Um,
0: Because magic's involved. This is like, Electro
1: shouldn't be there. Nope. And there should definitely be some other characters there that aren't. Yeah. Um, I know they were trying to get uh, both Emma Stone and, Kirsten Dunst. Yeah, they were trying to get both of them in it, and just didn't work out. Yeah, but yeah,
0: but I I, I think um, so. Obviously, they showed all the all, you know all the villains uh, in the trailer, but they did not show Toby and Andrew. And I'm so glad they they didn't because seeing them like that reveal, yeah, was insane. Great. Um, first night, opening night, like that was. I, I went to see it three times. the The movie, a total of three times. Um, in the following weeks of its release, but the opening night, yeah, w- was
1: incredible. Yep, me and Greg were in the same theater. We didn't sit by each other though, but um, it was pretty wild. I saw it twice, and both both times I saw it were pretty packed. Yeah. Um, and the the rev- the reveal moment is always a treat. I mean, there's a bunch of fan crowd react videos on online of that, but. Greg has a pretty good one as well.
0: Yeah. So I, I don't, it's not a video that I have, um, which works out for this uh, because it's just audio. Um, but one of the people that we know from my high school, um, I sat next to my youth group boys and my co leader from youth group and then my sisters. Um, and that's kind of who I sat around. And uh, one of the people from my sister and I's high school that Maddie knows, um, he, I guess I'd seen like a pirated version of the movie before it was released. Like we saw it on the 16th, which was like technically a day early yeah. of when it was supposed to be out. And this kid had already somehow seen it. So, but he didn't say anything to anybody. He kept it to himself, but because he knew when the stuff was coming up, uh, he, he recorded the, the reaction. And so we have a, uh, live reaction of the night that we were there. So I'm going to go ahead and play it for us. Yeah. Do
1: I just wish we could see him. I okay. just wish we could see Peter.
0: Oh, you're right. I oh, am yeah, magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has to be. Peter! It's Peter! 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 Peter. Peter. Okay. Oh.
1: real here too? I mean, no, it's not real. I mean, there's magicians <laughs> and stuff, but there's no
0: like. Prove it. Prove what? That you're Peter Parker. i don't carry an ID with me, you know, a guy that feeds the whole non-superhero thing. Why'd <laughs> you do that? Should I to see if you have the tingle thing. I have the tingle thing, just not for Brent. <laughs> not for, for, for Brent again. You're a deeply mistrusting person. I respect it. <laughs> <laughs> crawl around. Crawl around? <laughs> Why do I need to
1: crawl around? It's not. This is funny. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's it is. How do I stick to the ceiling? Do it. Well I was asking if you could just.
0: Get the there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Good. For now. So, I opened the wrong portal to the monster Parker. Yeah, I, I guess you just keep
1: doing it until you find the real one. Oh! oh. oh. Find Peter Parker. Let's face things his hands. Find Peter Parker. Find Peter Parker.
0: All right, so yeah, that was the uh, that was the fan reaction from the night that we were there, and it was it was so awesome to just be around everybody who was just like yelling and screaming, and you couldn't hear what was happening, yeah. and it was just like I, I don't know, I, it was it was a cool moment. Um, the only other experience that I have that's similar to that is whenever I saw Avengers Endgame, and I think it's crazy that you know twenty film uh, yeah twenty films worth of anticipation led up to. Something that had a very similar reaction in basically, I mean, two other Spider-Man films. Well, I I guess you could count a total of six before this, right? Yeah,
1: so um, I have a couple of experiences that were similar, like even more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I saw Endgame in IMAX, and when all the heroes start to come back, there was pretty loud uh, clapping and cheering and yelling and stuff, but for some reason... Whenever Spider Man swings through the portal in Endgame as his return, uh, that that place was so loud I could not hear the the speakers in the IMAX theater. Um, and then I saw, <clears throat> excuse me, I saw Force Awakens opening night in IMAX uh, in Pittsburgh. And whenever they show Han Solo and Chewbacca. For the first time, even though that shot is in the trailer, that place was going nuts. It was, it was pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, and I, for some reason, I don't even remember how, how the theater. I remember the theater being absolutely like there was not a single seat empty for uh, Force Awakens. Um, but the cool thing about this was, this was like the first big movie after, um, after everything has been shut down and theaters have not yeah. really been frequented. Um, and the cool thing about hearing this and seeing how the crowd reacted with this is that it gives me hope for the fact that the theater experience is still the way to experience movies. and like doing it at home isn't really the same. Um, yeah, I agree with that. So and I think I think it, a little bit of hope was restored there for the fact that uh you know the the, the theater experience is something that people should um, try to keep alive.
1: Yeah, so. I also think so real quick. I just wanted to talk to you about plot holes. So Electro shouldn't be there. Venom from Spider-Man three with uh, Toby Maguire should be there. Um, I really like Sandman and the way he looks and everything. Sorry, off topic because I wanted to talk about plot holes. Um, doesn't make sense why Tom Hardy's Venom is there. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other key people that I can't think of right now, but like other than like Aunt May or, so, or something like that. Um, I'm fine with them, with both Aunt Mays not not being there, but um, like Harry Osborn isn't there, and I think he should be. They could have they could have gotten him.
0: Yeah, and he he was the best Harry. Yeah, um, for sure. Like the uh, the one from Sam Raimi universe. Yeah, yeah. And and the reason why, um, and like I'll I'll just talk about Electro for example. You can go yeah. to the others, but the reason why it's a plot hole for the fact that Electro was there is in the spell it brought in people who knew um spider-man was peter parker yeah and specifically it was bringing in the villains um at least it's what it seemed like
1: yeah and then it it kind of it's supposed to bring in everybody yeah that knows peter parker spider-man well electro never discovers peter's identity
0: and the the explanation that i have seen for that is that while he is in in the electro is from amazing spider-man and while he's in the the final scene there where he's in the, in the power grid for the city and he's kind of absorbing the electricity and he's you know, tapping into the, the grid um, and he gets access to the grid from Osborne. Um, I'm sorry, Oscorp. And the idea is that technically he would have had instant access to all security footage, all files, all data that Oscorp had. And in that Amazing Spider-Man world, Everything that went on at Oscorp was very directly connected to how Spider Man came about. Yeah. Um, so technically through a process of like I guess detective work, um, he would have been able to figure it out.
1: But then I also call BS but, because in the movie when he takes his mask off, he is surprised that he is white.
0: Yeah. So I know, I know. And that that's the thing is like it like somebody could explain it, but the explanation doesn't necessarily Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, because there's a little bit of uh, dialogue between Electro yeah. and Andrew's Spider Man. Yeah. About, so, like, oh, there has to be a black Spider Man somewhere. And it's like a nod to Miles Morales. Yeah,
1: for sure. And but, so I think, like, that's those are obvious p- plot holes and things like that. Um, and it could have also done this uh, it's bringing back dead villains that know Peter's Spider Man, but you, we didn't get. Tony Stark back or anything like that Tony knows Peter Parker Mm Spider-Man and uh, along with a lot of the Avengers and stuff like that but it didn't bring back dead heroes and so while these are huge plot holes and things like that it doesn't bother me because the writing for the film is good and up until the reveal the movie is in my opinion pretty good but it's like not by any means my favorite or anything. Mm-hmm. And then post reveal, like Final Battle, like uh like halfway through the actually it's like pretty much halfway through the film. So like halfway in the second act. Um you know, they have Aunt May die basically. Yeah. To fill the Uncle Ben spot. Um which I'm not a huge fan of that either because there's little nods that Uncle Ben was there. There's, mm-hmm. there I think there's a suitcase that Peter uses that says, I think, BP on it for Ben Parker.
0: Yeah, it's like BJP. Yeah.
1: So, um, Or something like that. I so obviously he existed and things like that and they just kind of ditched, ditched that whole thing with him. But um, I just feel like the second half of the film is, is so good that it kind of lets you forget about any plot holes that don't quite make sense.
0: Yeah. And I, I will say I'm definitely like a crier. Um, I mean not not like anything crazy bad, but I I am kind of moved whenever there is uh, really good acting in movies and stuff, which I think is a testament to the actors. But um during the the scene with Aunt May, um I, I definitely started to tear up uh whenever um both Spider-Man's uh Toby and Andrew went to talk to Tom after the death of Aunt May and they were on that uh that building um and they were talking to him I definitely teared up there because I saw like the the depravity that Tom was facing and it's just like the fact that he was so defeated um and then at the vi- towards the the end of the movie in the final battle whenever Andrew catches um MJ uh Zendaya's character from falling uh, I, I definitely teared up there because it was a a callback to the Amazing Spider Man and probably one of the most probably one of the most uh, emotional scenes in any superhero movie is in the Amazing Spider Man Two. Whenever Gwen Stacy dies, Andrews uh, Andrew Garfield's acting there is just immaculate. Um, but yeah, all that to all that to say, I think I agree with Tyler. The beginning of the movie was really cool and it was cool to see the setup but it only got better.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I that's how I feel about it anyways. Um so real quick about the third act. I really liked pretty much everybody's acting in it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. I didn't find Electro nearly as anno- as annoying as he was in Amazing Spider-Man 2.
0: Yeah, he he was just he was kind of like I don't know.
1: Just like cringy. Yeah, I don't know. In the second, just like awkward. I don't know. The the Amazing Spider Man Two is like the best special effects movie with the worst writing. Yeah, it's it's just weird. It's like there's somebody that can fly and shoot electricity, and they get taken out as a distraction to make room for dialogue with a police car that comes from the right of the screen, and it just is. I think that's cringy.
0: Yeah, but yeah, I, I think I think. No Way Home did a really good job of rectifying a lot of the things that fans were not a fan of in the yeah. other movies, Yeah. Um, but really leaning into the parts that uh were really rich in in uh, both the Raimi-verse and um, the Andrew Garfield movies.
1: Yeah. I think all in all, it's in my probably top five MCU movies. One of my friends uh had said that it was his favorite. I don't know. Thor Ragnarok is pretty hard to beat for me. I think if it's in my top five, it's like number five, and then like Iron Man one is in there, the first Avengers, Thor, Ragnarok, and then maybe like Guardians of the Galaxy,
0: yeah, or the other ones. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree pretty much with that. Um, I, I wrote a couple things down about Spider Man because he is just my favorite character um, in comics, just in general. Um, and so this movie, this movie meant a lot to me. Um, I had this this big viewing party uh, before the movie. So the movie came out on December 16th, 2021, and on December 12th, um, just four days before that, uh, I have all the movies on Blu-ray, and I had about 10 people over to my apartment, and the entire day, starting from, I think it was 8 o'clock in the morning, all the way until, like, 12 o'clock at night, we watched all the movies back-to-back-to-back, all all three with Tobey Maguire, the two with Andrew Garfield, the two that I had um, with Tom Holland, and then we watched... um, we watched into the spider-verse so it it was cool like all the hype going up into the movie and then it definitely delivered and then the one thing after watching that uh all those back-to-back and what i've heard a lot of other people say is that this the whole trilogy for tom holland is basically like his origin story and i think that i think that's pretty true
1: yeah that's a pretty good way of putting it because you know even with like the the sam raimi movies he's graduating high school at the end of the first film and then he's an adult and like out on his own in two and three. Yep. And I mean, I don't really care for that because in my opinion, I think that Spider-Man's story, best stories are when he's a high school kid. So I really like whenever he gets his powers, usually freshman year. But like that Sam Raimi movie, the first one, he gets his powers senior year. Yep. Um, and it just kind of changes the dynamic. It might be a little bit more, <clears throat> I don't know, a little bit more aimed at adults or young adults but yeah. and and you know the comics were definitely aimed at, at teenagers but I really enjoy Peter's day-to-day life and work teenage problems and things like that um much more when he's in high school than than college <clears throat> I think like the back in black storyline suits itself much more when he's like post-college as a as an right. adult and stuff like that yeah I agree but um it's just weird because he's already out of high school going into college now with this next trilogy that, that they're going to do with him. He's going to be in more than just those films. It's like, so another thing with the end of the movie. So everybody forgets that Peter Parker is Spider-Man and basically the way it works is Spider-Man is now in the same position that Sam Raimi's Spider-Man is at the end of the first film. He's going into college. Nobody knows Peter Parker, Spider-Man. Um, so, I mean, sp- your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man is still out there. His suit doesn't have technology in it. It's just back to regular yeah, material he, he and things like that. Yeah, and it's much more of, like, the classic comic accurate suit where it's, like, more of, like, the shiny brighter blue with
0: with a crimson red. Which is cool because he based it off of the two Spider-Men that kind of yeah. mentored him in the film. Yeah,
1: which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, so, as much as I really like the suit that Tony gives him, especially the first one with the circle spider on the back. I think his suit still has that now. And I like the way the eyes open and close electronically because it really suits the, the suit. Well, um, mm-hmm. especially from the comics because Spider-Man's eyes on the suit actually move in the comics from squinting to wide open. it's for surprise and things like that. And that suit really does that mechanism very well. And I enjoy that on the screen, but, um, We'll see how this new suit is, but basically, I think Tom Holland is still the way Tony Stark was, the front runner for the MCU for a long time. Yeah, um, and in multiple films across the whole MCU, and had this huge contract across a, a ton of different movies. I think uh, Tom Holland's in that spot right now as the front runner for the MCU as far as actors go. So you know he signed on for a new trilogy and I think a handful of other fil- projects. So yeah, he could be dropped in and out of of a number of. Of projects, um, which is pretty good. I think it's a good move.
0: Yeah, I, I hope they don't. Um, I don't. I hope they don't overwork him um, because I, he is uh, he is a, an actor that's kind of showing his strengths in other movies, um, and I, I want to see him do other work. I don't want him to just be Spider Man. Um, but that being said, I think he makes a fantastic Spider Man. So I do I do enjoy his movies yeah. a lot. I think he was. I think he was the strongest mix between Peter Parker and Spider-Man that we've seen on film.
1: Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, Tobey Maguire's is a good Spider-Man, like especially like Spider-Man 2 and stuff. And just the way the visuals are that Sam Raimi did mm-hmm. in those movies is is really cool. And the Peter Parker definitely has those, those h- human everyday male struggles of living in New York City. But he didn't quite look like Peter Parker, whereas... Uh, Andrew Garfield looks like Peter Parker from yeah. the page. From the page, um, and while you know, obviously, age is catching up to them. I think Andrew Garfield could still pull off a, a late teen, but uh, I mean, he's getting a ton of support right now to make a third Amazing Spider-Man movie. So that's yeah. completely up to Sony if they would do that. Um, the way the licensing and everything is with with all those companies is pretty ridiculous, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the biggest issue with it for me just because i love the hulk is universal has the whole the 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 solo hulk f- rights so hulk's allowed to be in team films that's why he's always in the avengers and universal was involved with partnering with marvel to do the incredible hulk right but they don't want really want anything to do for whatever reason i mean it's nothing but them making money yeah but they want nothing to do with letting mark ruffalo do a solo movie and while I don't really care for Mark Ruffalo. I like Edward Norton better. Um, I just want to see Hulk the way Hulk's supposed to be done. In my opinion, the only time he's really been quite right is in the first Avengers.
0: Yeah, and and uh, he, he was he was fairly good in, in Age of Ultron too.
1: Yeah, he's good in that one. I, I like him in Thor Ragnarok, but like, hate, hated him in I hated him in Infinity War. Yep. hated him in End Game they had the opportunity to do, like, Professor Hulk and do him right, and they, they messed it up.
0: Yeah, and he's, um, like, one of the coolest <clears throat> forms of Hulk in the comics. For he's sure. Professor Hulk. Yeah, and it, it does get really messy whenever you look at the real world. Um, like like Tyler said, licensing and, and who owns what and what property belongs to who. And, like, for example, um, I'm pretty sure... Um, what is, is Marvel have all of the... Marvel still owns all of the, like... Um, Pro physical products like toys and stuff like that they own all of those rights but Sony owns the film rights um
1: I think Sony owns the film rights but then when it gets into like Amazing Spider-Man 2 toys I think like Sony gets those residuals and things like that
0: yeah it's it's so but convoluted yeah and it's
1: that- pretty complex um and then that's also why I think a few characters have TV shows instead of movies mm-hmm. uh, because they don't have TV rights they have film rights which is different right but um there's a lot that muddies the waters of basically fans getting what they want. And earlier on, I talked about fan service. There's a type of fan service that's cringy that is unnecessary, that basically makes the story worse. And then there's a type of fan service that's really good. Like for instance, Dave Filoni and that whole crew that's doing star Wars right now is doing a great job at doing fan service in a really good way that makes the story better. Um, but, for, for instance, like we were talking about Ready Player One, yep. they change things from the book. I wouldn't want those things to be from the book identically because it would be boring. It would be terrible to watch.
0: It's like how oh, I read this.
1: Well, no, not only I read this, but what's described and how I imagine it in my head is exciting, but if I were to see somebody act it on screen, it would be boring. Right. It would be lame. They would be trying to play intense music over the somebody um, literally like playing joust on an arcade cabinet like it just wouldn't be that great yeah um so the decisions that they make to change the way they get the keys in the in the movie are a lot better choices for a screenplay just like we were talking about earlier with Reacher. there's stuff that's missing, but I don't feel like it's needed um, you know that's like the author of ready Player one he. Helped write the screenplay, so he is involved in making sure the end game of that vision is is there. Yeah. So, I mean, there's quite a few movies and shows that like don't let the authors get involved, or you know, think about how Marvel movies were prior to Kevin Feige being involved in MCU. Yeah. Like some of them were awful. Kevin Feige is
0: (laughs) fantastic (laughs) for. Um. Yeah. Kevin Feige is is absolutely
1: and it's funny because he was involved with
0: that yeah <laughs> he it, was involved with he fantastic was. four he was and it's terrible but. um yeah but kevin feige is like the king of um almost restoring things how they should be um i mean you look at what he's done with with star wars and what he's done with i mean marvel has pretty much stuck true to i don't know if
1: kevin's done anything with star wars has he
0: oh i'm sorry not kevin feige i'm thinking of john favreau. Uh, john favreau yeah, well, John Favros is who I meant. Uh, Kevin Feige is still, is still awesome, but yeah.
1: I mean, John Favros had his missteps too. I mean, he's he did the first Daredevil, which I <laughs>
0: like and dislike
1: at the same time. But when I watched the Charlie Cox series, it's like I don't even want to see Ben Affleck's face in a
0: red. I did. I honestly didn't even know he played uh, Daredevil. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, all that to say, um, even if it was a little bit of a tangent, um, it, I think it was. Uh, I think it's cool to see um, different studios working together and working through those like weird, like licensing issues. And I mean that if it wasn't for the fact that Sony and Marvel were able to kind of set their, their essentially pride aside because that's all it is is, you know, well I have the rights, so I want to make the money. Um, They were able to set that aside, work together and they gave, they gave people a great film. And I think that's, that's just a, a testimony to the fact that, you know, maybe people should just enjoy the process and, and not necessarily the, um, you know, the, the bureaucratic side of things and the, you know, all of the, uh, I don't know, just politics of it. It just sometimes get to, gets to be annoying, yeah. you know?
1: Yeah, for sure. So now that we've talked Spider-Man to death, um, I, there, there was one other thing. Um it.
0: The The biggest thing that I thought this movie did, um, and this will be the last thing because I I know we have talked about it a good bit, um, but the biggest thing I think this movie did for just Spider-Man's character as a whole is it, it created this feeling at the very end of the film, and throughout it built up to this, but at the very end of the film, you're left with the fact that um, that nobody knows who... Peter Parker is. His existence has basically been wiped from the world. So essentially how they explain that is any events that happened where um Peter Parker was involved, for example, like Ned knew that that Peter Parker was Spider-Man when things happened in Washington. Mm-hmm. But in Ned's memory now It was just Peter Parker or it was just Spider Man. He doesn't know that it was Peter Parker. Yeah. So that essentially happened that's that's how they explained it at the end. Whenever Jameson was on, he said, you know, everything that just happened at the Statue of Liberty, um, with with Spider Man, he should unmask himself because the world needs to know. Yeah. And so everybody's memory of that is essentially only Spider Man while he was masked. Peter Parker While I appreciate
1: that that leaves in all kinds of questions as far as well like Ned didn't even recognize him. Well, he should recognize him as the kid from class. And like if he would if he were to go to school, would anybody like his teachers wouldn't even know who he is. Would yeah, his he, teachers see his grades? Would he his can't teachers go, He yeah. can't
0: go to school. And that's why he has the box of stuff and it has the GED test yeah. manual in it because he now he Yeah, he has to start over. He has to basically start over. And so all that to say like that plot, you know, it, it gets kind of um you know, you have to untangle it a little bit and yeah. do some thinking. But
1: there's just things that I understand the magic side of it, but the technology side of it is going to counteract some of those efforts of making everybody forget.
0: Yeah, well, what I was getting at is, I I like the fact that he's left alone, and the whole the whole thing that I love about Spider Man is that he is. Uh, constantly fighting between wanting to be Peter Parker and having this life as Peter Parker and then having the responsibility and the, the weight of um, having to be Spider-Man and use his powers for good because of what happened to uncle Ben. And he, he blames himself for what happened to uncle Ben. And so now he is, he is carrying this weight. um, It's essentially, he, he can't shake it. He has to use his powers for good in order to make up for the death of his uncle. And, and, and do right by his memory yeah and at the end of the movie you're left with this peter parker that nobody knows who he is he's all alone and he's only spider-man and i saw this thing it was i think written in the end of the script of the movie just as like a like a director's note type of thing and it was something to the extent of um as he swings through the city uh peter parker is no more it is only spider-man and i think that movie did it beautifully um you know, like Tyler said, it it's gonna be weird going forward, how they're gonna explain stuff because if people have videos on their phone, like how does that work? like and that's all just like nitpicky crap, but yeah. like overall, I think it was cool to see him standing in that apartment room with his box of stuff. He was all by himself, and there was just this feeling of like almost hopelessness, but also like the flip side of it was hopefulness. Of like what he's gonna do in the future. It's like uh, he has a clean slate yeah.
1: to work with. So I think that's yeah. pretty positive. And the fact that, you know, I think Tom Holland's gonna be in a lot of a lot more MCU films, including another trilogy moving yep. forward, is is another clean slate for some great stuff. Whereas if maybe this wouldn't have happened, you, you have to build and build and build where, where starting over is almost helpful. Mm-hmm. Um so
0: Yeah. And uh last thing Tom has the strongest Spider-Sense, and you guys can fight me on that. So. All right, Tyler has some stuff for you guys. Yeah,
1: so stuff I wanted to talk about was, like, the future of the MCU. And obviously, if nobody noticed, this week's episode is MCU-centric. Uh, and next week's is going to be Star Wars-centric, mm-hmm. since um, those are things that me and Greg really like. Book and, of Bobofort. Yeah, lots of stuff going on with that. Obi-Wan. We'll see... Um, think we're going to record the next one after the finale of Book of Boba Fett, which is two weeks away right now. There's six episodes out, and I think there's eight total this season. Um, so it's going to be a couple weeks maybe to our next one, or we'll we'll have one in between maybe. We'll see. But um, so schedule is pretty ridiculous. Um, for what? For the movies that for, are coming out? For everything. So like, there's not a whole lot on release dates for shows, but there's a lot on release dates for movies. But the movie list is like Thor Love and Thunder. Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness, Ant Man, Wasp, uh, uh, Quantum Mania, The Marvels, Fantastic Four, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, Blade, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, which I think Miss Marvel is a series coming out this summer. Moon, yeah. Moon Knight is March 30th. She Hulk doesn't have a date. Morbius is April 1st. Spider Man uh, across the Spider Verse is October 7th. Black Panther Two, Wakanda Forever is November 11th. Kraven the Hunter is next January. Captain Marvel Two, the Marvels, which it's weird. So there's uh, the Marvels, which I think is a series, which is gonna be like.
0: I thought the Marvels was a movie. I thought that that was maybe
1: maybe it is a movie, but yeah, maybe that's just maybe I just saw the same like different labeling for the same project. Yeah. But I saw the Marvels and I saw Captain Captain Marvel to the Marvels. But then Miss Marvel is definitely a series. Yeah. And then uh, let me see. Where was I? There's a fourth Captain America on the way with the Captain America. That's used to be Falcon from Captain America. Winter Soldier. They're doing a Captain America film then um so there's dates slotted for films out to november of 2024 but five of them are not connected to anything but like the way film studios do things is like they put out and like slot things as goals and like they know what those projects are but they never reveal them to the public in case they need to move things around schedules don't work out but basically that allows other studios to either try and challenge on weekends for projects or they know what to stay away from. Like mm. you don't want to go up against an MCU movie. If you're something that's like, you want to get the, the most income, you know, the most ticket sales, right? You want to get people yeah. in your seats to see the movie. Yeah, exactly. You don't want them going to see the Marvel release. Exactly. And like, while you and me will go see both in the same day and other people won't. Yeah. So basically, uh, then they're also acknowledged that with the fought, with the, the Fox, purchase um, that there's going to be a third Deadpool and it's going to be rated R, but it's going to be under the MCU banner. Oh, did they say it's going to be rated R? Yeah, it's going to be rated R and it'll be under the MCU banner and it's also going to be v- probably multiverse centric and so that's going to be is pretty Is the wild. tagline
0: real because it's Deadpool, a new home, and and it's like I joking don't, about the Spider-Man subtitles? I don't subtitles.
1: think that that's real. I mean, they do stuff like that all the time, but Loki season two, Iron Heart. Armor Wars, Secret Invasion, Wakanda, X-Men 97, which is animated continuation of the old 97 animated yeah. show. What If Season 2, Spider-Man Freshman Year is an animated show, and Agatha, House of Harkness, and Marvel Zombies, which is animated. So, um, Thor Love and Thunder is July 8th. I'm looking forward to that one. I like Taika Waititi and his projects. And yeah, he He did does, really good with he does Ragnarok. Cool stuff. Um, Doctor Strange is May 6th. Um, I like how this is the second project the MCU has changed the name of. Like they have a fake name out first. So the first one was, um, for Civil War it was Captain America Serpent Society, and then they changed it to Civil War afterwards. And then for this one on the on the big schedule board at like D twenty three and stuff, this was Doctor Strange and the Mansion of Madness, and they changed it to the Multiverse um
0: interesting mentions of madness that's a that's a board game
1: yeah well it's just like I was thinking like Agatha House of Harkness is one that they have out now so I wonder if that'll change but
0: yeah well her her name is Agatha Harkness so I don't
1: yeah it's kind of weird we'll see um but there's a ton of stuff on the way some stuff I'm more excited for than others uh we'll see if She-Hulk's any good Moon Knight looks good so, with Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, something that I would like to see happen, and it's doable because they just did it with Spider-Man, is for the non-MCU characters to be present in that with the MCU version. So, what I mean is, there's a new Blade. Uh, Marshalla Ali, I think, is playing him. Um, and uh, it would be cool if they did, like, a Multiverse thing where you get a couple of Blades and one of them's Wesley Snipes. And then have the Nicolas Cage Ghost Rider. Um, I mean, I think that's where Charlie Cox is going to show up again as Daredevil.
0: Yeah. Um, I heard that they're going to have um, Tom Cruise be a variant version of Iron Man. Yeah, I've also heard that. I don't There's know how true. Couple. I don't know how true it is, but I saw some mock-up art. Yeah. Uh, and it. I mean, we'll see. I don't know that I. L- I mean, I'm okay with it if he's a variant and yeah. he's like just a, a pop-in yeah.
1: type of thing. We'll see. There's a whole bunch of rumored stuff, um, so take it all with a grain of salt. But just something I would like to see is like the old non MCU versions, mm-hmm. especially X Men. Yeah, so that's that's where I was headed with this. So especially with Fantastic Four and X Men, and that's something I think is is gonna hugely affect the MCU. And now that Disney owns both of those properties, is I think those old non MCU versions. Even though Chris Evans is the Human Torch, they could just have them in the Human Torch form the whole time, just like they did with Sandman be in sand the whole time in mm-hmm. Spider-Man. Um, they could definitely bring in those non MCU versions. And then by the time at the end, when everything is fixed, Dr. Strange is going to be back to what he thinks is his version of earth. And it's going to be super close, but there's going to be X-Men and fantastic four and to everybody else. But Dr. Strange, those characters will have been there the entire time. Like they have a history, maybe fighting mm, that's Thanos and things like that. So I, I just feel like they're going to open up a can of worms and it's going to be more than they can handle. And by the time they finally fix it, it's going to be close. They're going to think they're in the right place, but there's just going to be a couple things off. Like Mm. that's, that's also how they could do anything with, with Captain America or Iron Man coming back. And by the way, if there's any type of time travel things in the future, like as far as, um. In, in these future films if there's any type of time travel stuff and they end up in the 60s or or more more present they could run into the steve rogers that stays with his wife yeah as well so
0: yeah i i uh I, did they ever confirm that he was legitimately dead the steve rogers that we know because i know he got old and no, then, they
1: never show his burial or his funeral or anything. Did, I mean, he did, could. Did so they be have chicken,
0: like? But. Did they have like a memorial or like? Because I I think Rhodey spoke about him. Um,
1: oh, you know what they did in, in Captain, uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier.
0: Yeah, but I don't know. I they joke about him being on the moon, which yeah. I think is just a joke. But technically, well, it,
1: could be a, it could be a joke. But that's also where like a, like the sword a, agents of sword right. are up there.
0: And and I uh, immediately after I saw Endgame... Well, like a week after I saw it, I was like, well, they could just push time through Captain America like they did yeah. with Scott Lang. Yeah. And they could just make him younger. Yeah,
1: correct. And also, there's something else I wanted to touch on real quick. Secret Invasion is going to be a series, and mm-hmm. that has to do with the scrolls, And I really disliked how they treated the scrolls Sk- the in Captain Marvel as, like, they're these refugees that just need a place to be. And they do like they they posed in as Agent Hill and Nick Fury for a while there. And uh, I really disliked that. Like they're just these refugees, whereas in the comics, they are like these bloodthirsty world conquering animals that just are able to mock people. And like they slowly take humans and replace them. And eventually, you have no idea. Yeah, you have no idea who's, who's who. So that led to a lot of a lot of betrayals in the comics that readers thought were legit turned out they were a scroll. Uh, oh, this hero that everybody loves is dead in this brutal way, and they're never coming back up. Oh, they were they were a scroll. They're they're actually somewhere else. Um, it gave think the writers a lot of freedom. It, it did, but it, it got old after a while because yeah. that was always the the solution to everything. Oh, we killed Captain America six months ago, and our our readership is down. Our subscriptions of our, our way down. Let's it bring was a scroll. Yeah, let's bring Captain America back. Let's make the one we killed a scroll. Um also like the huge reveal that like Cap is actually like a Hydra agent this entire time since nineteen forty five. Well that one's a scroll. Um just a ton of stuff. Yeah. Um something funny about that, uh so Deadpool idolizes Captain America and in the comics that's one of the reasons why he volunteered for a super soldier program. Really it, it led to it. I mean, there is like the cancer and stuff, I think still involved in that story thread, but, um, yeah, so he volunteers it because he wants to be like Captain America, even though he's from Canada, he's like idolized as Steve Rogers. So whenever Steve Rogers is like a good guy. He wants to be like a good guy and ends up being like the antihero that everybody loves and stuff. But as soon as Steve Rogers reveals that he's an agent for Hydra, Deadpool like flips the script too and becomes like he wants to be a villain now. Yeah. It just like that's completely awesome. flips it because he lo- because he loves Steve Rogers so much.
0: That's that's cool. I love hearing stuff I didn't know that. Yeah. I, yeah, I had no idea. Um that's cool to hear though. Um you got Batman Doodles on there. Yeah, a little I bit. S- I've seen you doodle. Oh, speaking the whole of Batman, time. Batman's coming out soon. Yeah, yeah. The, um I after seeing Tenet, I have high hopes to see Robert Pattinson as Batman um, because seeing him in a more serious role and doing, especially whenever he was doing, like, the repelling yeah. um, on the building in the movie Tenet by Christopher Nolan, um, I was like, okay, I could I could picture him as Batman.
1: Yeah, we'll see what happens. I have hopes for it, but in my opinion, like, Batman hasn't been done quite right live action yet. Um, the Dark Knight is Pretty close. I mean, it might be my favorite superhero movie ever, but it's just there's something about Batman that isn't quite right. He doesn't, he does like detective work in that one. It's good. He doesn't use his grappling hook. He, I don't know. It's hard because he does the detective work in that one that I like, Mm -hmm. but he's more of a brawler. I want to see him use like um, other fighting styles and things like that. And there's there's a point in Batman's career in some comics where he turns from that acrobatic agile just killing me well I mean could be a killing machine with his hands and just isn't but to, to just a brute of a, of a person that's yeah. just tired of pulling his punches and I just feel like I don't know that Christian Bale version he does like the training and stuff they do a really great job of like preparing him to be like just right and for some reason he just isn't I don't know what it is yeah but I have hopes about it. I hope the Catwoman relationship's okay. I know they based a lot of this one off a long Halloween and a few other ones, and I think they're taking some some things from the Court of Owls, which is a storyline I don't love, but I like the villains. It's like the secret society underneath Gotham that everything is actually ran through them, and you don't even know it, and it turns out like the Waynes weren't these great people. They were actually part of the Court of Owls that kind of hmm. appro- approved the crime. That takes place. interesting. And so, we'll see what happens. Just it, I, I'm led to believe that a little bit just from the trailer because he's yelling at Alfred for not being honest with him and Alfred yeah. is, is aware. Yeah. So, we'll see what happens. Um, I like the suit a bit. I hope it, on screen, it has a little bit more gray to it instead of being all black. Like, I really like Ben Affleck's suit. I think he has the best live action suit mm-hmm. out of everybody, but
0: yeah it's it's tough it's tough to do i mean this is the same reason why it's hard to do a good flash on screen is because like there's just some things that are that really only work in the comics or in animation yeah
1: for sure like you have somebody lean in the comics like they look they look really lean but everything's exaggerated nothing is like realistically proportioned so whenever you stick an average human in an all red suit it looks awkward
0: yeah and with batman like like, he is very agile, and he uses his all of his equipment to his advantage. So, like, when he's in a fight, if he needs to get across the room really quick, he'll use his grapple hook, and he'll just, you know, he'll get across. That's almost like how he yeah uh, increases his speed. But you don't really see that in the movies because the only really real way to do that would be some kind of awkward wire pull or CG. Yeah.
1: The best Batman fight scene is the warehouse fight in Batman v Superman whenever he's saving Martha Kent. Hmm. Easily the best fight scene with with him, I think. It's very. It I've makes only seen me, that movie once or twice. It makes me think of um, Batman Arkham games. Hmm. Um, for some reason, that DC animated crew with like Paul Dini and Bruce Tim and them, they always get Batman, especially and all those DC heroes right. Yeah,
0: they do in their series. So I
1: wish that they would be a little bit more involved, maybe with some decisions or writing um, that's go that goes on with the films, hmm. but. Just because they know the material so so well, they, like Paul Dini, Bruce Tim, Chris, uh, I, uh, James Tucker, I think his name is, like that crew, they just did like so well with all the animated stuff. So just yeah. wish maybe especially
0: they Bruce would. Tim, Bruce Tim really kind of
1: yeah. I think he does more like the producing stuff, so he kind of like aims everybody in that direction. But like mm-hmm. Paul Dini, he's written some of his own comics, and I think he's written some like maybe some films i'd have to do more research but he definitely was in charge of like a lot of the writing with yeah. all those dc animated universe shows that we like yeah. um but they oh, and also he wrote batman arkham asylum and arkham city so
0: yeah and i'm i'm uh, i'm just excited to see i hope they do um i hope they do something good cuz what i just don't want to happen is like a batman that's almost there but like people don't it's not well well received and then there's another restart. Like yeah. I would like to see somebody who could at least carry the mantle and get better yeah, this, and be more consistent.
1: Yeah, this movie's supposed to be two hours and fifty five minutes, so it's a long one and they have like the opportunity and like by no means do I judge a movie just by the trailer. I've done that too many times. I've got really excited for Mad Max Fury Road and hated it. But, yeah. But um we'll see what happens. It's coming out here soon we'll obviously talk about that on the podcast as well, but I'm hoping the next episodes on star Wars, but I would like to wait for Boba Fett to be over. So we'll see, we'll see what happens as yeah, far cause as
0: we we are we're looking to, as we bring the, this episode to a close, uh, we're looking to do a little bit more consistent upload. Um, we've kind of got a better, um, a better jive down if, you know, for lack of a better word, we, uh, figured out what works and, you know, we want to hear back from you guys. So with this, uh, with this new season, we're gonna be um, trying to do a little bit more on social media. Uh, we took a we took a little Polaroid today, so we, maybe we'll make that the album cover. Oh, crap, the, uh, the ink smears. Oh well. I'll get you. Uh, I'll get you a, a sharpie. Yeah, thanks. So Great. you can fix that. Sorry.
1: Thanks for smearing my date I wrote on my Polaroid.
0: I will. Uh, I'll, I'll help you fix. If it. If you're
1: listening on Spotify, they have a rating system now. Give us five yes. stars if you rate it at all. Yeah, That helps um, if you're on iTunes, if you have iTunes, if you can Apple Podcasts, rate and review, yeah. even if you just type one word, it helps. Uh, any type of review or anything it like that. It is good. Yeah. <laughs> just, I don't know, leave something inappropriate that I can read in the next episode that's funny yeah that'd be funny that's Uh, your mission
0: yeah so it it would be great to get some some better ratings um well not even just better but just more uh you guys
1: just ratings yeah it doesn't they don't have to be better because we right now we don't have any
0: yeah we have a couple but not enough to bump us. (laughs) i wrote them greg (laughs) they're my ratings (laughs) I, i i i gave the spotify one it's funny because sad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, if you guys want to wanna help us out, if you enjoy the show, um, that'll help bump us up so we can um, get some more viewership and just uh, get some more feedback from you guys. But um, if any of you are interested in being on the show, um, you can get a hold of us uh, on our social media. Um, my social media... Just do your Instagram Yeah, my, my Instagram is probably the best way. It's uh, at g r e g g m-i-l-l-e-r period films f-i-l-m-s so that's greg miller films we have Um, to spell
1: it every time because greg spells his name weird and if you just say gregory miller films people misspell it and they can't find it mine is trd.tomahawk on instagram yeah
0: so that's the best way to reach us probably reach out to tyler first because he uh probably checks his messages more than i do um but that being said, we're going to try to find a way to bring in listeners, um, into the show via just like a, an online call. Um, so we can bring you guys in over a phone call or like a zoom call, bring in your audio and or chat you with you that way. if you have questions,
1: you can message us questions that we can answer on yeah. that too. Yeah.
0: So we're just trying to make it a little bit more interactive, but, um, yeah, Maddie and I are going to be going, uh, going out to dinner with, uh. With uh, her boyfriend's family, <laughs> and uh, so we're going to be wrapping up here. I'm but, laughing at Maddie. Yeah. So, well, thank you guys, and uh, thank you for listening. If you made it all all the way to the end, um, thank you You for are a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> Koopa troopa. So, um, yeah, it's been Just a Tangent, and I'm Greg Miller. I'm Tyler. Ty- I'm, I'm Tyler. I'm Tyler. I'm tired. Okay. We'll catch you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Frankly, my dear, I don't think we're going to need a bigger boat. So we're going, we don't need my boat. Keep the change, you filthy animal. animal. Nope, was a bad choice. You're killing me, small. So you're telling me there's a change. Life moves pretty fast. To be continued.